Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. You would look in your Bibles with me to 1 Kings 17. Life groups have been winding down. Have you enjoyed your life groups this semester? They have been awesome, man. I had two yesterday. Started out with a life group with men's breakfast, ended with a life group, which is Russell and Cassandra's infamous go out to eat and just party uh, life group, you know? And uh, we had such a great time around a fire pit and playing games and eating, uh, not out, but in, and all the amazing food that was prepared. We just had a great time. Life groups have been awesome. Some of you got a couple more or one or two more. That's great. Uh, but we love life groups, not only for what it does for, you know, what we learn and get out of it, but then for the sense of community, man, like getting to meet people and make friends and connections that become lifelong friends, lifelong connections. And so life groups have been awesome. We'll have some more coming up in 2019. It's going to be great. First Kings 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, And bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And while it happened after a while that the brook dried up because that there had been no rain in the land, then the Lord, uh, then then the word of the Lord came to him saying, "Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow here to provide for you." So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Hey, also, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread and only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Obviously, she's filled with fear. Last Supper type stuff. Do not fear. Go and do as I said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And today I want to begin a two-part series leading up to Thanksgiving week entitled Gratitude Adjustment. And I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Speak to our hearts, God. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The very first time Elijah is mentioned in your Bible is in 1 Kings 17.1, our reading. He's said to be from the town called 
Tishbe in the land of Gilead. Tishbe comes from a Hebrew word that seems to mean homesteader or settler. And it's located on the east side of the Jordan River where Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh settled instead of entering into the promised land. So Elijah is from the land of settlers. But he's not a settler. He's a pursuer of the promises of God. Later, he's described as a hairy man. I've been described as such, but that's another story. He's a hairy man who wore a leather girdle. I don't want to comment on that. That's really a big leather belt, honestly, like a wrestling belt, you know. And in those days, most people wore like a cloth girdle, and he wore a leather one. And he was a little rough around the edges, a little unorthodox. And as soon as we meet him in 1 Kings 17, I mean right off the bat, right out of the chute, he's in the presence of the king of Israel, King Ahab, and his lovely wife Jezebel. And his first words are recorded there. The first words in the Bible spoken by Elijah, they're right there in our reading. He said to the king some some words that are actually part of one of the most astounding miracles in all of the Bible. He told King Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain except at my word. Now that is bodacious, right? That is bold. And for three and a half years, there is no dew and there is no rain. It's a miracle of immense proportions. Elijah exploded onto the scene with incredible and immediate success. As a preacher, I try to wrap my mind around that. Maybe Elijah had a conversation with his pastor that went kind of like this. Pastor, yes, Elijah, I need to talk to you, okay? God's been dealing with my heart. I feel like he's put a call on my life. He's called me to preach, to do something great for him. And the pastor leans back, oh, I knew it, Elijah. I've sensed it all along. I knew God was going to use you in a great way. Now listen, son, here's what you need to do. You need to study. You need to go out and get yourself an education. You need to go to seminary. And we're going to use you here around the church. We're going to send you out to the nursing home ministry. (laughs) That's a viable ministry. I wish we had one. That's where I started. They they would send me out to the nursing home ministry, and, and people would fall asleep. You know, people still fall asleep occasionally, but it's different in the nursing home like most people fall asleep, you know. And I would preach, and I would, I would, I would just, uh, you know, give it my best shot, pray, and, and you know, it just didn't seem to very, be a very effective ministry. And so the, the pastor's telling Elijah, you'll start in the nursing home, you'll get your education together, and, and, and listen, but you need to be patient. Because God's going to take you down this long and winding road to get you finally to a place of successful ministry. You may intern somewhere, but you need to be very patient. But in Elijah's case, boom, just like that. He's in the presence of royals, and he does a miracle that goes down as one of the greatest in all of history. And I'm sure Elijah was grateful. You know, he's like thankful. Wow, 
this is amazing. I, I, I've got a lot to be thankful for. Lord, you've, you've catapulted my ministry. It's launched with a bang. And, and what I say, you know, I speak your word and you back it up. There's credibility, respect. Elijah was probably thinking, I'll prob- I need to get a website immediately, you know. I'm going to go on TV. I- I'm sure I'm going to ink a deal with a publisher. I need to start a podcast. I, I need to start uh, getting some merch together, some T-shirts. You know, say, Elijah, you know, uh, uh, cause of the famine in Jesus' name. You know, like something like that. He- he's, 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 you know, catapulted into fame. But do you know what God says to him at this point? He says, Elijah, I want you to go to a brook. A little stream near your hometown, you know, up there with the settlers. And I just want you to wait. Good job, Elijah. Now, you get over here by the brook. And you just wait. And I'm going to send you bread and meat twice a day. You can think. And then you can drink from the brook. Oh, and by the way, I'm not going to use waiter, Grubhub, Uber Eats to get the food to you. But I'm going to use birds, and I know you're a Jew, and I respect that. I mean, obviously, but here's the deal. I'm going to send ravens, dirty birds, unclean birds. Every meal that you eat is going to come from the beak of an unclean bird. Not the Atlanta falcons. Not the Baltimore ravens. But but these birds, ravens. Unclean. You know. That kind of thing, you know. (laughs) And so right on the heels of bursting onto the scene with power and anointing, Elijah has to sit by a brook near his hometown and wait for the birds to bring him food. Now, God was saving Elijah from Jezebel because she got mad at him and wanted to kill him. But he was also saving Elijah for a future purpose because God was in no way done with Elijah. I want to preach to you for a little bit. There were six more notable, phenomenal miracles that Elijah would do. And the very next one was arguably his greatest, the showdown on Mount Carmel. But before he could go any further, he had to endure three and a half years of absolute obscurity. Think about it. Up until this point, he had lived in obscurity all his life from the land of settlers. And then suddenly, he's thrust into the spotlight with Ahab and Jezebel. And just as he hits the big time, he's got to disappear again. You see, it was easy for Elijah to be grateful when he was in the presence of important people doing important things. But he needed to learn to be grateful for being by a brook, being fed from ravens at the word of the Lord. He had gotten unusual direction, direction he didn't expect, but direction nonetheless from the Almighty God. It took him places he didn't think he would ever go, but he had to do a gratitude adjustment and say, I'm going to be thankful for this as well. Can I remind you, if God ever talks to you, If you ever get direction from the Lord, that is holy ground. That is sacred ground. That is sacrosanct. Even when he's leading you to places that you don't like, maybe he's leading you out of the spotlight into a place of obscurity. It looks like you're getting out of the trajectory for your destiny, going backwards even. 
David put it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, he, he leads me beside the still waters. He, 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 listen to this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're still leading me. You're still with me. Your rod and staff, man, they comfort me. I, I may be in a place I didn't expect, but I'm still following after you. Don't get bitter when he leads you in the valley. Get better. Get a gratitude adjustment. I thank you, Lord. You led me before to glorious places. You're leading me into a dark place. But I thank you, God. That you're still eating me. Come on, give him praise. It's a gratitude adjustment. He has this problem, our God. He thinks he's God. And he has your best interest in mind. Listen, just as surely as Elijah was called before King Ahab, Elijah was called to this brook. It didn't matter if he was before a king or before a brook, if he was before a royal court or a bunch of ravens. God was leading him. You've you got to be thankful. Even when he leads you to places you don't think you should be, places you don't think you deserve to be, if he's leading you, thank you, Lord. Elijah goes to the brook. The, the word is Cherith. The, book, the brook Cherith. In the Hebrew, that means a cutting, a separating. And this is huge. Elijah had to be separated before he could go to the next level. There are some things that God's called you to do that you can do without being separated. But there are some things He's called you to do that you can only do if you are separated. Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things that God's called me to do through Christ who strengthens me, and that's true. But some things require you to come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Some of them require you to step aside, to be different, to live a more consecrated life. What's that look like, D.H.? Listen, you might not be able to go to those parties anymore. You might not be able to hang with that crowd anymore. You might not be able to drink that stuff anymore. Can I preach to you for a minute? Yeah, you can witness and you can do some great things, but you can't do what God's got for you in the future until you separate yourself and you get alone with God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God may have helped you in some areas of your life, even miraculously answered some of your prayers. But don't just sit there and rehearse your past victories. God's got more for you. God's got a part two for you. God's got a second act for you. It's going to take more than just what he's done for you in in the past. You're going to have to separate yourself for a while. He's trying to get you to the next level. Don't be bitter. When he's asking things of you that separate you from other people. That's the bottom line. Don't get bitter and say, I wish I didn't have to do this. I don't want to do it. Don't get sarcastic about it and make fun of the separations, the dividing lines that he's calling you to draw. 
Rejoice in them and say, I thank you, Lord. I know y'all don't understand, but this is between me and my God. Thank you, Jesus, that you set me apart for a second act for more. Everybody say for more. It's for your good. It's for more. It's a gratitude adjustment. Man, I kicked and screamed when God asked things of me. You just have no idea. You have no idea. God asked things of me. Well, I don't want to do this. But there had to be those separations for there to be the next phase. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for direction. Thank you, God, for this little brook. Thank you, I'm among the settlers, Lord. Out here by the brook, being fed by these ravens every day. Thank you, Lord. But then something began to happen. The brook began to get smaller and smaller. There was a drought. There was a drought in the land. So it got smaller and smaller until finally one day, well, it totally dried up. You know, he's able to get some water from it, and then finally he couldn't get any more water from the brook. You know how, when you're, here, here's an example, you know. I mean, that's somebody that, that is, that's the way I think. Some of y'all, like, I don't know, Valerie, I mean, did I say that? that well, I was thinking that. Some of y'all, like, y'all, y'all just squish it all to pieces, and it's not rolled up like, you know, I'm squeezing every, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to have a poverty mentality. I, mean, I could go buy me a tube of toothpaste, but dead gummit, you know, like, I'm going to get every last drop. I'm the guy that's like, you know, I'm trying to hold the, the, use two hands and hold the toothpaste where it don't fall over, you know. I'm going to, oh, thank you, Jesus, you know, I got another use. You know, sorry if my breath doesn't smell as good today. I only got that much toothpaste out the tube. But I feel like there's another, still I got another helping in there somewhere, you know. I was tired. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that brook, you know, I don't know if he was on his hands and knees getting the last little bit out of that brook. But eventually that brook dried up and it was all gone. And when the brook dried up, Elijah began listening What are you saying to me, God? Sometimes your resources have to dry up before you start listening to the Lord for the next step. I'm talking about gratitude adjustment. And instead of saying, I can't believe you left me out here to die, he starts listening, okay? You led me this far. You've taken care of me this far. What's my next step? I'm listening, Lord. And if it's unconventional, I've learned a lesson thus far you can take me in an unconventional direction, and it's for my good. So I'm open, Lord. What are you trying to tell me? Maybe some of you, the brook is drying up in your life. Instead of getting bitter and mad and angry, once you do a gratitude adjustment and say, Thank you, Lord, for a dried up brook. What's my next step, God? You brought me this far. I'm going to just have to trust you with the next step. I'm telling you. If you'll have that kind of attitude, you may hear what he's trying to tell you about your next step. If you just go ahead and say, I'm going to fix this myself. I'm out of here. I'm going thus and so. I'm going over here. I'm going to take care of business myself. You might get in trouble. You might miss the will of God. But here's what Elijah did. Lord, what are you saying to me? And the word of the Lord came to him and said, I've got a widow that I've commanded to take care of you. Maybe God's trying to lead you in a way. And instead of cursing the fact that the brook dried up, won't you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. This is direction. This is holy ground. 
I'm listening. I'm telling you, you won't listen sometimes as long as everything's going great. That's human. Can I get a witness from the human beings in the crowd? You know, it's just going great. Everything's going great. Everything's going great. Everything's going great. Everything's going great. I, I don't go to church like I should go to church. Everything's going great. I, I, my job is going great. I'm paying all my bills. I just got a raise. Woo! Hallelujah. We, we're still not going to church. No, we're not going to church even more. We're going to Disney World. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Did I say that? We're going to Disney World. We're going to Six Flags. We're going to the lake. We're going to the camp. We're going over here. We're going over there going hunting. Hello. Oh, did I say that? I was thinking that too. We're going hunting. We're, we're just getting away from it all. Uh, I mean, everything's going great, and the brook dries up. Oh, pastor. Need direction. I get it. I may smile, but I've been there, done that. Still struggle with that. I get it. Oh, Lord, I need your help. I'm going to church a lot now. Brooks dried up. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, forgive me for not going to church. Forgive me for not praying. Forgive me for all those things I should have been doing and wasn't doing. Forgive me, Lord. What are you trying to say from me? Sometimes it's when the brook dries up that you put your spiritual ears on and you start listening. That's real right there. That's the truth. My marriage is in trouble. Oh, Lord Jesus, what you trying to say? My kids, so I found that my kid, my kid came in drunk. My God, what's happening, Lord? I'm just, I'm open, Lord. I'm open. I'm listening to you. The brook dries up. You start listening to what God's trying to say to you. You put your spiritual ears on. I, I remember uh, my brook dried up uh, years ago in Baltimore. and I told Valerie, my brook's dried up. I don't know our next step. I began to listen. What's, what's the direction, Lord? What are you trying to say? And, and, and that opened the doorway for an encounter with Rick and Donna Marcelli. And they said, why don't you come down to Covington and hang out for, with us? And that began the beginning of an act two, you know, uh, a, next, a next in my life, you know, a, a next scene in my life. God began to give me direction. But I don't know, had the brook not dried up, had I been listening. But I was listening, man. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And that's where God gave me direction. And God called Elijah to Zarephath. That's in Sidonia, the area of Phoenicia. You know who the king of that area was? Jezebel's daddy. This was the territory governed by Jezebel's daddy. In other words, I'm calling you, Elijah, to a risky place, a questionable move, one that is going to require great faith and trust on your behalf. You just thought you walked in faith. Now you done ticked off Jezebel. I want you to go camp in her daddy's backyard. The Hebrew for Zarephath means refinery. Some scholars say there was probably a smelting industry in Zarephath where metal is refined and the impurities are burned out. You see, for Elijah to go to the next level, there was some stuff in him that needed to be burned out. For him to have his next assignment, which we know was the showdown at Mount Carmel, that was a big deal. It was too important for him to not be prepared. And God said, I need you to go to Zarephath because it won't be long now, but you've got to go to Zarephath. He sends him to a widow. I've prepared a widow. I've commanded a widow to take care of you. Elijah probably was thinking, man, Bill Gates must have died. Melinda Gates has been prepared for me to take care of me. You know? This is, 
you know, this is Mrs. Benson. He sent me to, for Mrs. Benson from, you know, the owner of the saints. She's going to take care of me. Some rich widow, when he walks up, he had to just be just disappointed. She's out gathering sticks. He's like, oh, she don't have people gathering sticks. She's picking up her own sticks. She's picking up sticks. He's like, hey, uh, get me a drink. Okay. She goes to get him a drink. She comes back. He's, uh, he's like, listen, go, go back and, and get me a morsel of bread. Oh, man of God, you don't understand. See, I'm making, we just got enough for me and my son. We're going to make our, I'm getting these sticks to make a fire, cook a little bread. We're going to eat our last meal. And, you know, I don't want to make you sad or nothing, but then we're going to die. And he says, well, I hear what you're saying. I hear the fear in your voice. But see, I've learned some things at the brook and with the ravens. And God is directing me and guiding my steps. And he said, you're going to take care of me. You can't die because you're going to take care of me. And I'm sure he wants to take care of your son too. So listen, you go, you go do that, but give me some of that bread. Because I've had a revelation. Your barrel will never run out of meal. And you'll not run out of oil until the rain comes back. Until this famine is over. Which he already knew was going to take place when he said so. So he said, as long as it takes. He commanded that woman. That woman said, okay, I trust you. She made a delineation. She said, this is your God telling you this. I got other gods. Jesus even said that there were widows in Israel, but the Lord didn't send Elijah to any of them, but he sent her, him to this Gentile widow because God had commanded. God can lead you to, in unorthodox ways, I'm telling you. He can take care of your needs in ways you couldn't have forecast. You couldn't have like gotten your paper out and said, okay, here's, here's my options. and I'm going to pick my best option here. He, he can lead you in ways you didn't see. Go talk to this person. Go, go apply for a job that you don't qualify for over here. I've got, I've prepared, I've commanded some, a situation to come together. And so she did what he said, and everything worked exactly like he said. The barrel never ran out. I mean, God sent him to the most weak and vulnerable, not the most powerful to take care of. God can sustain you in ways that blow your mind. God can move mountains with little bitty means. It just takes a little bit of faith to move a huge mountain. God can do great things with, with little bitty things. Don't miss an opportunity to partner with somebody you didn't expect to partner with. God can use them to help propel you into your destiny. Had Elijah not gone through the brook, had he not gone to the widow at Zarephath, and adjusted his gratitude. I'm thankful, Lord, that you sent me to a widow. Nobody can say that Ethbaal, Jezebel's father, took care of me. Nobody can accuse me of running to the enemy camp and making a deal with that king. No, you sent me to a widow who didn't have hardly anything. And you used that little bit to take care of me and her household. He adjusted his gratitude. He was grateful in ways for things that he, he never expected. I don't think had he, made, had he not made the gratitude adjustment, I don't think he would have been prepared to handle the conflict of Carmel or the other notable miracles. 
that would take place, including his miraculous exit. Fiery chariot. Stand with me right now. He said, Elisha, if, you're, if you see me when I go, you'll get a double portion of what I've got. Elisha's staying with him. Maybe this is the day. Maybe this is the day. And one day the day came. And he refused to let Elijah get out of his sight. And finally, whoosh, the angels of the Lord came to pick him up and carry him away. He had an amazing ministry. At our men's breakfast yesterday, we were talking a little bit about this. I shared with them some of what I'm sharing with you today. And Austin made a great, great, just great application to his own life. You see, Austin is trained as a computer engineer, IT. He's got a degree in that. And, and he had a job. He was working it, and, and the company kind of ran out of assignments and whatnot, and he was laid off. And Man, he struggled trying to find that next step, entry level. He just had a little bit of experience, and he ended up working at Rouse's. And we prayed for many, many job interviews, many, many job applications. We pray, God, you know, like open a door. We're, we're tired of this, man. I mean, he's a gamer, you know, or he used to be more of a gamer than he is today. But, I mean, he's trying to get a, a job like, like moderating games and all. Like he was just, he's desperate. He's trying to find something. He's working at Rouse's, you know. That's not what his training's in. He, he, went, he didn't go to grocery school. Went to LSU, right? Got a computer degree. And he's just, why am I here? What am I doing? Well, I tell you why he was there. She's sitting right next to him right now. Because they were together. They're engaged. They're getting married. God knows how to take these detours and these little situations. And you're like, I don't know why it's happened. Why don't you just back off and say, I don't know why it's happened. But I'm thankful, Lord, that you're still leading me. I may be in a place I didn't expect. But you're leading me and you got a plan and a purpose for me. Hallelujah. In the same conversation, DJ's talking about. His career and how that, you know, he, he wanted to be an engineer. He always wanted to be an engineer. Got involved with an engineering firm thinking this is an engineering job. It ended up not really being an engineering job. And he was disappointed. I remember the conversations that he had with me. He said, Pastor, I'm, I'm about to be 30 years old, but I feel like God's calling me to be in the military. I'm like, DJ, son, you married, you got babies. You, you got responsibilities. You're 30, almost. I don't know, man. I just feel like God's calling me. Well, if you feel what that's, that's what God wants you to do, then I'm going to believe with you. And, and so he, he goes into basic training, breaks his leg, almost at the end of basic training, and has to go back through basic training again. Military doesn't say, Oh, we're so sorry about that, DJ. We'll let you pick up right now. They're like, you're going to start all over, 30-year-old recruit. Put him back through basic training all over again. Next thing you know, he's deployed. He's in Afghanistan. His 80-ton truck blows up. Takes him on this long and, and winding road. And then he gets back. He applies for a job that he's not qualified for, and God begins to open the doors. And, and, and that company's got all kind of movement and structure going on, but they pulled him in and they said, we want to talk to you. There may be people going places, but, but you're not going anywhere. We're so glad that you're here. We, we, want to, we want to propose some things to you. Listen, 
have an attitude of gratefulness. Adjust your attitude. I don't know why I'm suffering these setbacks. I'm just grateful that you're, you're leading me, Lord. That gratitude adjustment goes a long ways. Amen. And I feel like I'm speaking to some people. You're in some seasons and you're in some places you didn't expect. But if God's talked to you, given you any kind of impression and direction lately, you just need to say, thank you, Jesus. If you heard the word from God that got you where you are and then the stuff started happening, just thank Him for the word and direction that got you where you are. Thank you, Lord. I don't like this, but thank you that you've led me this far. And I know it may be dark now, but Lord, joy comes in the morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for speaking to our hearts today. I thank you, Lord, for the story of Elijah. Wow, he started with such a bang. And then he was put on the shelf for a minute. But God, you were working things out in his life to prepare him for the next phase of what you wanted to do in his life. And I believe that's exactly what you're doing in the lives of some of these wonderful people today. They've come this far by faith. And they're going to make it the rest of the way too. We just want to be grateful all along the way. In everything, we want to give thanks and bless your name. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.